Hey everyone, this is Michael Anthony, and you better be listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando because I am. Jason, let me just uh, get my cat off the screen, if you don't mind. <laughs> hey, what's his name? His name is GB. GB. Oh, I have um in COVID. My there's a stray cat, a cat that comes to the house, and she had two litters of, of, of kittens. And I'd never been a cat person, but because we were locked down, I ended up like building a cat condom, and had five security cameras in there, and just to make sure that the mama was feeding uh, the kittens correctly. And there was one boy in there who was like the the biggest, and he had long hair, and all the rest of them were short hair. So, um, yeah, I suddenly became, I found all this information about cats. So it was quite a, um, an experience for me. And he's called Maximus, and he, he's the one I kept. I love that. And I love how we're starting a conversation about cats, because I'm the same way. I wasn't a cat yeah. person until the pandemic, and I moved in with my soon-to-be wife. And uh, hopefully during this interview, one of them does not crawl on my mixer and shut off the sound, which he likes to do, which is yeah. Jeep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you got the computer open, they like to sit on the on the on the keyboard of the computer. Yeah, I love it. So um, I was going to start the the interview kind of with my normal segue. You know, welcome to the podcast, appetite for distortion. But we got to talk about we got to talk yeah. about cats. This is the uh, Sammy and the Circle episode because coming up later on, we're going to have your bandmate Michael Anthony on. But right now, I mean, I'm honored to speak with you, Jason. So I guess I'm curious, along with Michael Anthony and Vic Johnson and Sammy Hagar, what makes this band so special that you just love going out on tour with them at the time? What makes these guys so special to work with? Um, I think for me, the, 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 it's the positivity of, of Sam, of the way the set list is, the way how relaxed and chilled. For me, when I'm doing my second thing, it's one thing. With this... I just get to go out and have fun. We have a play. We have a laugh. Um, you know, we do stuff from Sammy, from Montrose, from even now we've added before, you know, Sammy Van Halen and then the Van Hagar and and the new stuff. So, uh, which has been great. So the set list has evolved and even Zeppelin. So it's, uh, it's for me, it's just I get to play drums with some of the best music, best musicians. Uh, and it's, it's for me, it's a little, you know, switch off from my Zeppelin, normal Zeppelin kind of vibe. And so I, I, and I love Alex Van Halen to, to bits. So, um, yeah, I get to, I get to do my, my Alex bits. <laughs> and, and speaking of your uh, Led Zeppelin evening, have you, yeah. has that been challenging to, I mean, I don't think so. Coming from you, like, I think I'm going to get your, what your response is going to be to multi, kind of juggle multiple projects at once. Do you get tired? Are you still able to do that? Does that drive you? Um, well, we never, we never used to work as much as 
we did right up until in, up to from 2017 through to 19, when it suddenly I started to do like uh, well, we we started off with that. We did the heart thing where we we were playing in a, in a different environment where we'd be on like a shed tour playing that, you know, before, you know, the main act. So that was an, an eye opener because I never thought the show would work without the video screens and the storytelling. But when you've only got a limited time, um, it really did remind me that it's really about the music that the people want to see, you know, listen to. So once, and then we had three years of it, doing the the shows with Foreigner, Cheap Trick, Foreigner, Whitesnake, and then with Pete Frampton. Three years of doing those kind of shows, which were amazing. Um, we'd never worked that much in, our, in ever. I'd only, we'd only ever done 30 shows a year up until that point. Now we were at 90 shows a year. Wow. Um, as well as doing... Sammy. Yeah, and you were up for it. Like you so, weren't, you so know. From so from 2014, I joined Sam, and and so yeah, it suddenly became, and it's something that I was reminded of recently by John Paul Jones in an interview. His father said to him, "Never turn down work." Hmm. Uh, when he was growing up, so uh, it's a hard thing to say no, you know. Uh, and at the same time of doing all that. I would fly to England, work with Hans Zimmer, play on the James Bond soundtrack, mm -hmm. and do the movie score. Um, did the Superman thing back way back in 2011 for the Man of Steel with all the other drummers. Um, so yeah, um, got got to got to be busy for a while. <laughs> you are a busy man, and uh, just like this morning. Uh, so I don't want to keep it too long because I know you have a lot of interviews lined up. Um, quickly, because I, I, I have to ask about because you mentioned John Paul Jones and um, you know Led Zeppelin, and obviously yeah. it's um, Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin evening. We changed from experience. Is there any? Yeah. I guess I want to know how would you feel? And you seem to you, you said you would step out of the way if they decided to go forward Led Zeppelin with the hologram show. I'm just curious. Would that be because I spoke to Roy Orbison Jr. about this when he was going to do a Roy Orbison about his dad? Is that weird to see your dad as a potential hologram? Like, how do you feel about that? Or is it giving an experience to people who never saw him play? Um, well, that was. I mean, I was first approached about doing that in one of my shows when I was doing the Moby Dick with Dad together on the screen, and somebody approached me like, um, and "This is like I'm talking eight eight to ten years ago um yeah say about eight years ago so when it was all fresh you know when they did the Coachella and um and in the middle of the Snoop Dogg show and Tupac appeared at Coachella so it was all at that time frame so it was still very new um I mean obviously for me I was I was going well how are they going to get enough footage to make it look realistic you know, how are they going to do that? Uh, obviously, time is, they've evolved now where they can literally, you know, you can put somebody else's face on on somebody else yeah. and, and get them to reenact the movements of, of every, you know, it's a lot of work. But would that be weird um, for you to see the, your dad almost like be alive again? Um, somebody edited a photo. There's an app you can use to make a photograph yeah. move mm -hmm. 
yeah, that was weird. That is weird to see. Mm. Yeah. Um, I recently watched the documentary, which um, the uh, the making of Led Zeppelin. Um, I got to see a preview of it, you know, before it um, before it, it, it goes to whoever's going to release it. And the weirdest thing for me was hearing my dad's voice because I knew when it basically it goes from birth to to Led Zeppelin 2 for each each member so you and of course Robert's narrating his own story Jimmy's narrating his own story John Will Jones is narrating his own story so when it came to it I looked at my wife and I'm thinking how are they going to do this and at that point I had to squeeze my wife's hand because all of a sudden it started and you're like uh, and all I could think was I don't remember him sounding like that mm-hmm. and that was really weird mm-hmm. and I was I, I was convinced that maybe the tape they were using was slightly too fast as if they through transition through the years it, it had worn that it because it was like just the tiniest tiniest bit hmm. So you I remember after what, yeah. So after it, I remember I said to my mom, "You've seen the thing." She went, "Yeah." I said, "Did you think that was Dad's voice?" And she went, "You know, I thought it was a little different too." <laughs> so I wasn't. I was. I was. I was right because I was worried that I was like, "How do I not remember him sounding like Aww. that?" But um, okay. Uh, and then later on, you, there's other bits that you go, "Okay, yeah, that's him." But there was a couple of parts where I was like. I think just through the years, the tape had worn and mm. it needed to be adjusted slightly, you know, slower for well, his timber and his voice. Well, we're all, I mean, uh, thank you for sharing that. I know it's, uh, you know, someone whose dad is gone as well. It's, it's, it is difficult. I mean, I can only imagine for you, you have his name. Uh, I do one last quick question for you because this is a appetite for distortion. I use a six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon. Um, I know Stephen Adler has listed your dad as an influence. Do you have any uh, Guns N' Roses stories, or do you know any of the guys? Um, I, I've, I've known those guys um, quite some time. Um, oh, where can I start? So <laughs> I've played with Slash on, on a few different occasions. Um, he's actually way back in um, in '97. He actually got up and jammed with me at the House of Blues in LA and did some Zeppelin stuff. Um, but in 2000 and fast forward into 2000 and when were we? Eight. Uh, I, I went and played with, or 2009, I went and played with uh, Slash and Friends. We did a festival in Norway and it was John Five, um, Slash, um, Ronnie Wood, um, Ozzy Osbourne, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, um, and that was a, a, we had such a great time. Um, and I got to, I got to play, you know. But for, for me, I got I got to do, you know, you know where you are. <laughs> yeah, you're in Norway, baby. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Oh man, I love it. Um, so I got to do all those and Sweet Child of Mine. I got to do Mr. Brownstone. I got to do Night Train. 
you know, and then I got to do some Velvet Revolver stuff with Slither, I, I love, and um, Pieces, you know, and then we did some, like, you know, some zomp, Rob Zombie stuff. Um, I mean, we did a load. We did Nazareth, you know, um, Hair of the Dog and, and and some Zeppelin and ACDC. So we just had a hell of a fun a fun day. And play then to have Ozzy walk on and to play War Pigs, you know, mm. with him. And the place just went absolutely nuts. <laughs> Was, I mean, I'm getting hairs on my arm just right. <laughs> because I'd meant, I hadn't seen Ozzy in a long time. And just the aura, he walked on and it was like he floated on and the place just couldn't contain themselves. And it was just to go that, you know, when you look around and you know, and he started and the whole Lord, 40,000 people singing it back. Oh, yeah. Wow. You made me feel like I was there. We slashed and jumped over the whole, you know, so it was... Yeah. Oh, what a life you lead, uh, Mr. Jason Bonham. Thank you so much. I'm I very mean, fortunate. Very, very fortunate. You know. To keep staying busy. We love seeing you out there with Sammy in the Circle and Led Zeppelin Evenings. So I can't wait. You know, I hope we get to do this again. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care of yourself. What a really nice man. I sound like such an old, old fogey. What a really nice man, that Jason Bonham. But yeah. And it's uh, for those who are listening on the podcast version so no video so when i connect to zoom i have a which i'm sure many of you do i have a default picture before i turn on the camera my default picture is one of my cats gb uh kind of sitting on my home setup here you know on the on the table and yeah i don't think that's the first time that it sparked a conversation and you know what i kind of like it puts the guard down just segues right into it talking about cats and rock and roll and well, now we got Michael Anthony. This is not going to be video, so he's not going to see any cats. Let's see how this one goes. Can't wait to speak with Mr. Michael Anthony. Michael, how are you? Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to meet you, Mr. Anthony. Nice to meet you, too. Um, uh, Lopez told me that uh, this is the one interview I got to watch out for. <laughs> I hope he didn't. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> anyway, what's happening? Well, um, on that note, I wanted to start actually on, on a serious note, even though I'm, uh, you know, just like you, I'm a fun-loving guy, because I wanted to make sure I know. Uh, I don't In my limited time, we get to it. It's important, because um, was. I was looking at your Instagram recently, and I was hoping you could speak about your grandson, Rex, and there was an upcoming uh, charity benefit. So if you can just inform us what that's about, and before that, I'm just so sorry. I know it's been five years. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, he was born with, uh, it's called CHD, congenital heart disease, and uh, uh, he was pretty much, we whisked him right away to Children's Hospital Los Angeles, where he had surgery, and uh, the surgery and everything uh, all went uh, successful, but he wasn't strong enough for the recovery, and unfortunately, we lost him after a couple of weeks, mm. but uh, uh, I had always heard of Children's Hospital, and uh, the Unfortunately, being thrown into a situation like that where I spent a lot of time over there at the hospital, you re I really got to see exactly the work they do over there and uh, just the, the great work that they do. The doctors, nurses, everybody, and no kids are ever turned away, and, and they help people that have uh, families that have financial hardship. Uh, so uh, they do a thing every, every year now, and actually that was the first year back in 2017. It's called Walk and Play L.A., 
Okay. And, uh, you know, we raise donations. We, we do it year round, but uh, we, we do it special for this uh, event. And they're holding it at the Los Angeles uh, Coliseum. And uh, it's on the 25th of, of June here. And uh, we, we raise money for the hospital to help support the hospital. And uh, it's a great thing. We have, we have our, our, a team of ours. We're called Rex and the Heartbeaters. Hmm. And uh, we all take donations, accept donations through ourselves, or else you can do, donate directly to the hospital. So uh, it's great. Thank you for talking about that. And again, I'm so sorry. I'm looking at your Instagram right now. What a beautiful little boy. And, you know, whatever we can do to raise awareness and money so this doesn't happen to, well, you know, to if, more families. If, if people go to the uh, Walk and Play LA uh, through Children's Hospital and find our team, Rex and the Heartbeaters, or you can, you can find me. If you're on Instagram, just go mad underscore Anthony underscore baseman. Mm-hmm. And there's a link in my bio to take you right to a donation page. You can donate to the hospital through me. And uh, it's great. And, and it's, a, it's a great event. And anybody who's out here, uh, in the LA area, you can uh, register and you can, uh, uh, it's a, it's a morning full of all kinds of activities. They have some of the sports team mascots and some of the team members a, a lot of times come down. I think they have Sugar Ray Leonard okay. boxer. He's one of the hosts this year. So it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, it, but they make it into a fun day. I mean, it's a, it's a great cause, but they want it to be uplifting for everybody. And so we have a, a great time and it's uh, the event starts in the morning and it's over just after uh, lunchtime. So, uh, you know, Come on down if you're around. Perfect. And again, I appreciate you talking about that. And, um, you know, I guess with that, to pivot to, you know, why you're you're here today, since then, you know, obviously you can't help but think of family. You know, I'm younger than you, so you probably laugh at me for saying that, you know, thinking of family. I I don't have kids yet. I'm just getting Uh married in a couple weeks. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But has that made touring any harder for you to be away from family have you approached touring any differently as we of course talking sammy in the in the circle with george thurgood so i'm just curious is going on tour harder for you now since you suffered some family you know well uh, loss? you know it, we we obviously don't tour uh, the schedule is not as grueling as it used to be in the early days mm-hmm. i mean when we were in our 20s 30s or whatever we would be van halen we would be away from home for months and uh, that doesn't happen anymore. We're usually we're usually gone. Uh, you know, Sammy doesn't like to be away very very long because he's got a lot of family stuff uh, always going on. So uh, the only thing that really I do not enjoy, and I haven't for years, is living out of a freaking suitcase mm-hmm. because all my shirts get these like fold lines all <laughs> over the place the wrong way, and I just do not like that. And I will not take an iron and put it in my suitcase. But that's basically the only thing. I, I, I love playing playing the shows, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, obviously, we've uh, afforded ourselves a luxury now because we've all made money and whatever. Sammy has his own jet, and so we fly around in that. So wow. the, right there, you avoid all the uh, uh, airports and all of that. You know, you take a an SUV right onto the tarmac and right up to the plane, you get on the plane and you get off the plane and go straight to the hotel. So wow. what, what could be easier than that? I wouldn't know. That sounds so that? rock and roll. That sounds like a life I only yeah. aspire. So that's, that's pretty, uh, that's great. And of course the schedule is, is different now, but you know, do you do anything, no matter how frequent, you know, if there are family things and, and people, mm-hmm. you know, it's like an athlete, you know, when they get older, they want to be home with their family or things like that. Uh, of course. I, I don't want to. Now, if you ask my wife that question, she's like, 
she's like, you've been home too long. You get, get out and, and play some shows with Sammy and have some fun with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all about perspective. And yeah. and you're telling me there's not a, you know, a suitcase company like Samsonite or a shirt company that can get you the right fold. That you can't get Michael Anthony of Van Halen. No, the right you know what? You know, I I kind of maybe went a little far there. I okay. I am very I am very good at folding my clothes and putting them in the suitcase. There's a headline. I love that. Okay, <laughs> I'm a good I'm a good clothes folder, and I know how to make the right. I know how to turn your shirts and your button shirts and fold them up and make them sit just right. Got it. If I ever need if I need, ever need uh, my clothes folded, I'll, and you're in the area, that's what I'll use you for. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not I'm not cheap though. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, I know my time with you is limited, and uh, I don't know if maybe this is what our our producer today, uh, Michael Lopez, was saying. You know, we got to watch out for this guy. I I just have a, a unique theme to my podcast. Everybody has a rock podcast, just talking. Mine's called Appetite for Distortion, so it has a Guns and Roses, six degrees okay. of GNR banging. Uh, All right. So I know you've played with Matt Sorum before. So I'm just curious: is there maybe a fun story? Um, with Matt that you you're able to share uh, or maybe another six degrees of GNR bacon we're not aware of with Matt you know what uh, I uh, I actually didn't become really good friends with Matt until he uh, quit drinking mm. so I don't have any good stories I don't have any of the really good stories which I'm sure you know from back in the day which all us musicians do from back in the day but uh, no, he's just he's 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 a, he's a great guy, very passionate about the music, and uh, he's just a great guy to hang around with. And I mean, um, and I've heard nothing but the same thing about because Matt's been on the show as well about him getting mm-hmm. sober and how he's and he's got a, and he's got a little daughter now. So come on, why? How can you not be the happiest guy on the planet when you got you know got a small small kid now? Yeah, beautiful little daughter, absolutely. Yeah. And when I say fun stories, I don't mean like. The, the bad, you know, the drug, sex, and rock and roll stories. It's kind of like a silly story. That's kind of what I'm oh, about. Oh, okay. Because so, those, those were the fun stories. Okay. All, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's also about perspective as well. You know, and, and, and I want to get your perspective while I have, uh, why I get to speak with and, and just honored with, uh, with any minute I get with you. Um, obviously, Van Halen, the, your debut album, arguably the, the greatest debut album of all time, rock or not. Some say the same thing about Appetite for Destruction. So I guess I'm curious what your thoughts were when you heard, when you first heard Guns N' Roses, since you guys were already at it. So what did you think of Guns N' Roses when they came out in 1987? Well, when I first heard Appetite for Destruction, I, 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 I actually went, whoa, these guys are good. You know, and, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a world where a music, music world where, you know, music changes so fast now. And I, I kind of consider ourselves one of the last bands that were actually signed and was on the, the tails of bands like The Who, Zeppelin, Humble Pie, stuff like that, because you had punk and new wave and all that stuff kind of entering into the, the scene when Van Halen was coming out onto the scene, you know. And uh, and I, I, I think uh, we did a pretty good job. Uh, doing what we doing what we did and keeping rock alive, and I think yeah. that Guns N' Roses they basically were doing the same thing, and uh, you know, and like like now when I hear like uh, Ed's Ed's son Wolfgang, the the album he came out with 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 his band, uh, you know, keeping it keeping it alive because let's let's face it, a lot of a lot of the award shows I really don't don't watch that much anymore, and and some of them all these rock categories are uh, off air anyway. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a 
we're, we're kind of like a, I'm a minority now, the, you know, rock and roll. And it's, and it's great. Whenever you see a band like, like that, you know, yeah, it's great. And, and Guns N' Roses, they were just, they were, they were just a, a kick-ass rock band. Very good kick-ass rock band. Right on, right on. And obviously Van Halen the same. And um, was there any, I, I don't think you were involved at the time, perhaps, but maybe you knew anything about it. There were rumors about before Slash reunited with Axel that perhaps there was going to be a Van Halen GNR tour, or is that completely made up? Uh, you know what? I did, I did hear a rumor or two about that, but uh, nothing, nobody was had contacted me about anything like that. So as far as I, I knew, it was just, just a rumor. Okay. Yeah. That, that's all. Um, what is the, before I let you go, what's the thing you're looking forward to most this summer being out with Sam in the, in the circle? And of course, uh, George Thurgood, who was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Ago. It's just, it's going to be a great show. We got, we have a great new album that we just finished recording last September that, uh, and, uh, earlier this year, we, uh, shot videos for a few of the songs and we're getting ready to put all that out. And it's just, uh, a really exciting time before you go out and knowing that you got a really great album coming out. And uh, we haven't done an amphitheater tour in quite some time. So we're all pretty revved up and ready to go. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, uh, you can go to Sammy and, and the circle. It's all again on, on Michael Anthony's uh, Instagram and, and website. The tour dates are out. You know, I, I, we're, we're just lucky that you guys are out there still doing it and kicking ass. The band is great. And um, I, I'm sure you don't remember. I didn't bother John Bonham. I spoke with him um, a little while ago this morning. Uh, you guys came to iHeartRadio uh, to do a radio tour just like this, but it was in person before COVID. And right. uh, Sal, who you probably know, he mm-hmm. was nice enough just to let me meet you guys and take pictures in the hallway. And you were all just, you know, you, Sammy, Vic, all amazing people. And it's just very cool for me a couple of years later getting to speak with you. So just thank you so much for your time. Uh, oh, man, today. that's great. You know, it's like it's if, if, if you don't love doing it, we wouldn't we wouldn't go out and do it, you know, but we love getting out there and, and, and hanging with the fans and, you know, meeting people like you. And uh, we're looking forward to having a great summer. Thank you so much, Michael. I hope we get to do this again. All right, Brandon, it's great talking to you. Wow. Michael Eppin Anthony. What an awesome, awesome guy and an honor to speak with, uh, with him. And, of course, Jason Bonham. So definitely be sure to catch Sammy and the Circle out on, on tour and new music. And, you know, we'll see what happens if there's going to be a Van Halen, you know, reunion. I just certainly didn't want to bog him down with questions about that. He gets enough of that. So wanted to focus on some, some other stuff. But regardless, what a, you know, this is, as I mentioned to Michael, I, I met these guys a couple of years ago and it's happened a few times in my career. I get to meet somebody at a certain point in my career and it's a great moment, but it's like, ah, what I really want is to be able to interview them, you know, and, and that's, that's what I like to do that, you know, especially with this podcast now, having this platform, you know, not just having a radio job, but making this my own. So now that I have the opportunity to interview both Jason and Michael on this podcast and to talk about Guns N' Roses. Oh, what a what a nice little life victory. I'm going to call it that. I don't usually say things like that, but I got to really acknowledge when things are going well, when it's going well. And speaking of which, as this episode wraps up, episode number 349. So, wow, we are almost, uh, we're slowly but surely appro- approaching 400, which I can't believe. But on the way, 
I'll tell you uh, some more interviews that are happening. Uh, we're going to interview the uh, the brothers from Lit. Okay, the Pop-Off brothers. So uh, we had Lit on before, but we didn't get both brothers. So that's going to be fun. We'll get an update on you know what they're what they're doing, uh, AJ and, and Jeremy. And also uh, from Fuel, I'm very excited to be uh, have a chance to, to speak with Carl. Carl Bell wrote original hits for Fuel, Hemorrhage, and Shimmer. I mean, they were, from when I was in high school, huge. And like a lot of bands, new lead singer, you know, trying to make a, a name, you know, rebuild kind of thing. And... I'm going to give you a tease because I do know he has some Guns N' Roses stories. Okay? Uh, he did see them with Metallica, Faith No More. Maybe he'll talk about that show. Mm-hmm. He's hung out with Duff. He's hung out with Slash. So we'll see what he tells us. Stay tuned for that. And also looking forward to, an, not officially confirmed yet, but looking that way, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols. Have you watched that series, Pistol? Yet on Hulu, hey, look, I know it's been getting mixed reviews, but if you saw Del James tweet about it, I felt the same way. Six episodes wasn't enough. I was enjoying the hell out of it. I think it's great. So I can't wait to talk to Steve Jones about Pistol and yeah, I'll ask him about the Neurotic Outsiders. So a lot to look forward to here on Appetite for distortion meanwhile the conversation always continues on social media in between the broadcasts twitter facebook instagram um youtube please check back nearly every day not only will these full episodes be up there but highlights the best of compilations of appetite for distortion up on our youtube channel so lots going on okay so when will you see these episodes Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.